Hey, I'm Derek. And I'm Noah. And you're listening to the penultimate episode of A Bite Of. Where we take ever. No. Where we uh, take <laughs> our current favorite mm-hmm. pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, penultimate episode of covering Percy Jackson and Lightning Thief. There you go. Chapters 12 through 16. When we decided to do which chapters we were doing to split it into four parts to carry us like the tunnel of love to the show, we did not know that these particular chapters would have everything in it. (laughs) We got your backstory. We got your side quests. We got your talking animals. We've got everything. It's so heavy. There's so much. So if we miss something that you really enjoyed, that's why our Discord is there. That's why you can just yell at us and tell us, hey, I liked this thing. You know? Because we'll probably miss something. (laughs) Definitely. We definitely (laughs) will. There's so much in this one. So again, we're going chapter by chapter, covering the first book, getting really excited. We're on swivel chairs again. So we're going to be doing this if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. That's how you get all the episodes. That's how you get reminded. Hey, there's a new, um, a bite of right there. Y- y- your phone can just tell you there's a new episode. Yeah. When we release it at 5 a.m., you're going to get that notification <laughs> and you're going to say, thanks guys for waking me up. Wow. I'm going <laughs> to listen to this right away. But if you are enjoying our read through of Percy Jackson, don't forget to throw some stars our way. You know, be get, shower us. With those lovely stars. We're trying to get 200. Once that's it, we'll, we'll stop asking. Once we get 200. Then it'll reviews. truly be the penultimate episode. <laughs> Once we get 200, then we'll stop forever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. So massive spoiler warning. We are one episode away from finishing this book. So a lot of um, you know, plot details happen in this one. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you know, go read these chapters and come back. Let us officially take a bite of Percy Jackson, the Olympians, the Lightning Thief, chapters 12 through 16. Chapter 12 is called, We Get Advice from a Poodle. As night falls, Grover tells the tale of Pan's disappearance. Percy has a pit premonition and a pink poodle will pay for passage. (laughs) (laughs) If If you're watching this, which I hope you are. Derek has been really trying to be mindful of his plosives because, you know, when you push air into the microphone, it doesn't sound great. And so not to use another one, but I'm 100 percent panicked. <laughs> I don't think I got a noise on that one. <laughs> I'm going to say you did a great job. Ooh, okay? OK, that was really scary. So this chapter, it's fairly short. The only purpose of this chapter is so we can get some backstory with Grover a little bit, but it's like a transition chapter almost. And then there's a poodle that just has no bearing on anything right now, and it helps them get to their next place. So, yeah, when we last left our heroes, they had just killed Medusa. Oh, no small thing. And they sent a package of her head to Mount Olympus. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I really liked about these chapters in general was that that Grover backstory. And we got to know Grover a little more and Grover, we see how conscious he is of the environment and of the natural world. And I really, I, I, I realized I remembered it was, a, it was a reminder of why I love the character so much. He is a great character. You know, whenever you have to make these characters that are going to be the titular characters or the protagonists carry a series, you have to really get them 
for you to care about them. Mm. And I think what I like that Rick did in these books is that we're like halfway through this book and we still don't know really anything about these people that Percy is on this quest with. So we really are in that point of view of him. And I like that we're getting little snippets. We know that Grover wanted to be a seeker. He supposedly failed in his last one. We'll find out a little bit about that later. Um, but we, we, in this particular chapter, we find out more about what exactly a seeker is and what it means. So the gods of the wilds, Pan, disappeared. Mm. And so when the humans found out that Pan disappeared or died, the humans were like, oh, okay, bye. We're just going to pollute the earth. Right. So Rick really does a lot of themes in these chapters coming up where it's like consumerism, humans being awful and terrible, which we are, we destroy our planet. Um, but the whole thing of a satyr becoming a seeker is to find Pan. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to excel in a quest. And he hasn't yet. He hasn't passed his exam, essentially, mm -hmm. um, to be a seeker, to find Pan. Yeah, and we... We get a little hint here about the timeline of Grover and Annabeth and things that happened at the camp. And so Percy says, wait a minute, your first keeper job was five years ago. Annabeth has been at camp five years. She wasn't. I mean, your first assignment that went wrong. End of sentence. End of sentence. And we're not going to mention it until, <laughs> until three chapters until, from now. Right. And that does come into play. And I really like when it's talked about, because I feel like our characters had to go through some of this again mm -hmm. to really open up because remember one of the things that the oracle told percy is that he's going to be betrayed right. by somebody close to him so i feel like percy isn't really giving much to these people and they start giving more to him so right. then he's going to have to reciprocate that in some way also he's 12 so <laughs> there's also that to remember absolutely a lot of pressure is being put on these kids yeah. okay they're 12 years old uh i know that they're half god but they're still 12 yeah uh, i also think that we see here that each of our main characters has something other than the quest that they're trying to go for in their lives or just in this particular point in time. And we even see, you know, so Grover kind of confides all this stuff in Percy and Percy just flat out says to Grover, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually don't care about the Master Bolt. My whole thing is that I'm just trying to get to the underworld to save my mom. Which is fair. Yeah. So I'm going to be on this journey with you. That's great. If I get the Master Bolt, cool. But really, my mom got exploded into right. by the Minotaur. Also, why would he care? Like, he didn't even know about this stuff not, like, a month ago. If he if there's a chance that his mom is still going to be alive, the only good person, and the person that was there to raise him, Poseidon, yeah. of course he's going to try to do that. And I think that they understand that, because if they were to have a relationship like that with a parent or somebody, they would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and I think there's also something to be said about both Percy and Annabeth I'm trying not to hit the P's. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. I'm trying so hard. You're good. Nobody, no, shh, nobody uh, pay attention uh, to him. Uh, <laughs> stop looking at me. Um, is that those two characters, I'm not saying their names again. <laughs> <laughs> they both have this sort of deadbeat dad complex right. going on. I mean, it just so happens that Annabeth's is mortal and Percy's is Poseidon. Um, I don't know how to do it. You're it's, good. You're it's good. too much. Good. Uh, but they both... <laughs> sort of have this thing where there is one parent that they really look up to. And in this case, Percy, it's his mother and he wants to save her. Whereas Annabeth is always looking to Athena for her approval. So again, they, Which she's kind of like not helped out a lot. Well, I mean, so. that's really the saddest thing for Annabeth, right? Is Percy at least had his mom 
who was there to take care of him and make sure he was okay. Neither of Annabeth's parents want anything to do with her. Right. Right. So in this chapter, um, this conversation, I mean, the conversation we're having about their parents and everything, it's going to keep happening in this book because it's a huge part of this series as a whole. Um, in this chapter, chapter 12, there's two more things I want to mention. So Annabeth thinks that there's something weird about the quest. Like all the monsters seem to be holding back. And she recalled with the Furies, they weren't asking, where is he? They were asking, where is it? Hmm. So what is everybody looking for? I think we can put two and two together saying, I think they're also looking for the Master Bolt. So if Hades does have the Master Bolt, why would he then be sending Furies and monsters to look for it? So I think there's somebody that's um, doing something else. Someone's pulling some <laughs> tricks, okay, and trying to pass the blame on other people <laughs> the, or gods or whatever. The only other thing I want to mention, because Percy has a lot of visions and dreams throughout this book and the series, um, just like gods like to do. And mm. some of those that are more powerful or in higher number or lower number cabins can do. And in this one, essentially, he's at, he's at the um, edge of a chasm and he hears a voice. And the voice is a creature of some sort. He can't really see it. And it's as if it's using him to pull himself out or itself out of the chasm. Luckily, he wakes up to Grover holding a poodle. But that begs the question of if it wasn't Hades and it wasn't a god that he can readily know, who was in this chasm trying to use him as like an anchor to get out? Which will be later. (laughs) says help me rise boy bring me the bolt strike a blow against the treacherous gods if you're um if you're listening to this on audiobook it's very much the narrator i should know their name um is narrating it like it's for kids so anytime there's a monster or like somebody that's bad it's so hammed up but it kind of makes me smile because exactly how you did it that's how the narrator did it Mm. Is that good? Good. I'm like, okay. If it weren't for my <laughs> plosives, I would have a future in audiobooks. Yeah, you still can. Darn the luck. 2024 ABO audiobook. <laughs> so Gladiola is the pink poodle. Yes. Has nothing to do with anything except that Grover can talk to it. It ran away from a rich family. There's a $200 reward and they're like, we have no money. We can use that to get to where we're going. End of chapter 12. That's that's why I love Grover, okay? If it weren't for Grover, they wouldn't be able to continue on their journey. That little Underwood boy. So good. Yes. And that little pink poodle was like, hey, Grove. <laughs> and they came together. But yeah. on to chapter 13, which is called, I Plunge to My Death. Mm. Playing tourist leads Percy to the top of the arc where he meets Echidna who exclaims, call me mother. So. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's it. So Was they that kind RuPaul? of yes, that- <laughs> uh, so they kind of go on a detour here, yes. which I don't know if you're on a quest and you know that monsters are following you. I would never think to maybe go sightseeing. Ah, you know, but like the way Annabeth puts it out there, they have a layover. It's three hours, which I do agree. I think they're too young to understand that that's not any time at all to like leave and <laughs> no. come back. Um, but so they want to go to the St. Louis Arch and. She wants to be an architect, so why not see something that she likes? I do like the conversation of them being like, huh, you want to be an architect? Like, how? what does that have to do with like Athena and everything? And 
she tells him, not only are we, we're supposed to build, like my God, my mother also wants us to build things, not just destroy them. And I like that about Annabeth. Like she is, I think, an amalgamation of a lot of good traits. She's strong. She's determined. She's super smart. But she's not afraid to speak her mind. And, and so take that. Yeah. She's not afraid to go <laughs> on a little excursion to do some sightseeing. But like the St. Louis Arch, I've been there. It's fine. It's I not haven't great. been there. Um, is the elevator scary? Uh, when we went, we weren't allowed to go up. Oh. So I will Bummer. never know. Maybe it's better at the top. I just got to see it from. Oh, my God. Below. I'm just putting this together. I literally did what they're doing. I took a train to Colorado that went through there. I was with my grandparents and to go and we stopped. Is this a normal thing? <laughs> maybe that is. I'm going to text my grandma after this. Maybe, like, why did we do this? <laughs> maybe maybe that is just the Amtrak route. It has to stop at St. Louis. Louis? So, St. Louis. so that way everybody can see the arch. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they force you to go see the arch. And it's always just the right amount of time to go see the arch and then come back. My God. Clang, clang, clang with the trolley. But okay, so... <laughs> Before we get to the arch, though, mm. there's an important part that happens. The traveling to St. Louis is Annabeth's backstory. Mm-hmm. So we get to know a little bit more about her. I know I was complaining in the last episode that I want to know more. And the only way that we'll actually find out about any of this stuff is if it's told to Percy. And Annabeth decides to tell him some of that information. The, one of the things that I love about this book is the Annabeth and Percy relationship. Or how a lot of fans like to call it Persebeth. And I like that how Rick handles their relationship is that like they're so young. So they're figuring themselves out. They're figuring out their family drama bullshit. And they're also figuring out how they fit together. So it's not an immediate thing of like they're going to kiss. It takes books for it to like finally pay off. But it's just so sweet. And it's these moments. And there's one in the tunnel of love. That are like the titular Persebeth moments. But so in this one, her story is really sad. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it, it's reminiscent, and I hate to put it this way, but of kind of like, um, you know, like an orphan dropped off in a thing with people that don't like him. It's very, you know, it's the, it's the Harry Potter thing, right? She has that kind of story where she was dropped off in like a golden cradle mm-hmm. and an inconvenient time for her father. And he just wanted nothing to do with her. He got married, had kids, still wanted nothing to do with her. Stepmom hated yeah, her. Yeah, there's always an evil stepmother, too. It's very Cinderella. Ugh, it's it's those archetypes, right? It's like you need these things for like that relatable thing. Like we all know what that means. But like for Annabeth, that's really sad. And like no wonder she decided to run away from all of that. You know, I think there's something to say about Annabeth and how strong she actually is. And the fact that as a seven-year-old, she knew that she had to leave. She couldn't stay there. And also... I think she says something along the lines of the the stepmother didn't feel safe with her there because the monsters kept coming. Which, fair, but also, like, figure out how to protect your stepchild. Like, when you marry somebody that has kids, you're as, you have to care for them as if they're your own. That's kind of the agreement with that. If you can't do that, get stop it. Okay, so things we're learning about parents in this book, okay? <laughs> they all that, suck. They all suck, yeah. <laughs> Godparents, they just drop you off and they say, see you never. Step parents are the worst. Mm. Um, And really, that's about it. They are, because Smelly Gabe, also terrible. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Some of the, later on, we'll get the whole confrontation between Poseidon and Percy. But like, 
It is an interesting dynamic, right? It's like, do they want to have a relationship with all of these kids they keep making, but they can't because there's that whole thing of like, you're not supposed to be having kids. So there's like that line drawn, but like how much of that do they actually want to break or not break? Because they've been doing it forever. Oh, yeah. We're just making kids. And I mean, come on. Contraception is a thing. (laughs) Even for God. Get a godly condom. (laughs) Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure they exist. If they can create, you know, little creatures, they can. They can create condoms as well. It's ridiculous. So the arch happens. Yes, the arch. The battle at the top of the year. They get up there. And then, of course, Percy gets separated from Grover and Annabeth. And they're like, I'll see you on the way down. Why? No. You can't do that. No. no, Come on. We shouldn't even be on this little trip. (laughs) And then we, I'm sorry, you just don't go. You just, everybody out of the elevator. We go down together. Yeah. Yeah. But of course it goes down and it's closing and the ranger's like, blah, blah, blah. So he gets stuck in an elevator with the ranger which i don't know why there's a ranger for the arch a national monument they uh, have rangers there? <laughs> i didn't know they had rangers yeah, like either national parks yeah but monuments whatever and there's an older woman with her chihuahua and a little family okay i do want to just point out that i did not like the description of this woman oh it's great because she is a big fat lady. Mm-hmm. And and he writes, she had beady eyes, pointy coffee stained teeth, a floppy denim hat, and a denim dress that bulged so much she looked like a blue jean blimp. Did they? I, I just wonder... feel like it is not very sensitive no, to differing not. body types. No. And I didn't like that in her. It's like she's so disgusting because she's fat. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, he has good descriptions of people that have like different types of descriptions, but. When it comes to the monsters, I feel like he just let it all fly. And he's yeah. like, I don't care. If we this- got that sexy minotaur. <laughs> and now we have this. <laughs> I don't hey, know what we're doing here. At least he gave us that. Okay. <laughs> Listen to our first episode. <laughs> yeah. For that description. That's true. <laughs> so, okay. So come to find out that this woman is Echidna, mm-hmm. who is like the mother of monsters and everything. And her little chihuahua is a fire breathing chimera. I cannot wait for this in the show. I feel like it's going to be so cool because also like, I feel like in the series, if I'm remembering correctly, the few things I remember, there's quite a few fights in elevators and like small closed in areas, which I'm a fan of ever since Captain America, be all those Hydra agents in an elevator. I'm sold on them, but I'm really excited for this just to have that like close quarters. There's pedestrians there. There's mortals that have a mist. So I wonder what it's showing is happening and then also you have a chimera in there and this crazy woman like so cool i can't wait to see the chihuahua transform into the chimera this tiny little chihuahua that's going to become this giant what is it lion serpent creature so i have the description here just because i like chimeras i think there's such a cool creature in mythology it says the head of a lion with a blood caked mane the body and hooves of a giant goat and a serpent for a tail a 10 foot long diamond back growing right out of its shaggy head that is insane. I like that the next detail is the rhinestone dog collar still yeah. hung around its neck and oh, the yeah. plate-sized dog tag was now easy to read. Chimera, rabid, fire-breathing, poisonous. If found, please call Tartarus, extension 954. <laughs> so good. So the Chimera makes a big hole in the side of the thing. So it's good. you can see the edge. There's a river. You can see out of it. Percy... Loses Riptide out of the hole, of course, 
which we know it's supposed to come back, but like he knows that it's not going to be right away. So I would really like to know the like duration that it takes for it to summon back because that should be key to know. Like yeah, he needs we to figure this need out. Need a stopwatch yeah. moment. And and also <laughs> does the distance matter? So if it goes X amount of miles, does that equate into some sort of time? What is the formula? I need to know. X equals what? I don't know. Two. <laughs> Whatever that means. Take it really Two, you guys. <laughs> Everybody decides like two. Yeah. So so Echidna is taunting him this whole time as well. You have a chimera there, you have mortals there, and she's taunting him. Like they're not attacking right away. He did get bit by the the snake, so he has venom in him. And she's like, You're not gonna do it. You're not gonna do it. Watch, is your dad gonna save you? Or are you gonna do it? He ends up doing it. And as he's falling down, he prays to his father, essentially. And turns out he's fine. He can he just cushions right into the water. Yeah, Duh. even though it should have been like a cement block, like he right. should have splatted all over the place. It cushions him and holds him like a baby. Right, and that's uh, the end of chapter thirteen. All right, so fourteen is titled "I Become a Known Fugitive." Bow, bow, bow. A waiting water woman waves Percy Santa Monica's way. Oh wow! W's yeah. hardly any P's. <laughs> so one detail that happened in the previous chapter is that he keeps saying stuff about him being wanted and everything and i believe it was in the last chapter where i think smelly gabe now has a bounty out on him yeah and also we find out that i think we had questioned like what does the mist show mortals and riptide was a bat so like i just love the thing of like this crazy kid is terrorizing people with a bat across the country. That's the thing. I love that it's national news as well. This 12-year-old made national news. His horrible stepfather has uh, news articles and, you know, online videos. And Gabe is just on the warpath to just try and make some money or whatever he's trying to do. He's a jackass. That's I mean, what he is. Yeah. He wants, he basically wants Sally home to like make him dinner or something yeah. horrible. <laughs> so in these next three chapters, Percy finds out that he has like more powers and abilities because of his lineage. So when he's in water, it's like he's dry. Like he touches his clothes, he's dry. He picks up a piece of paper in there and a lighter and he can light the piece of paper. Everything cool. becomes dry in water, which I think is so freaking cool mm-hmm. that it's not just, oh yeah, he can breathe underwater and swim well. It's like, oh no, he can like produce fire as well. It's really cool. I yeah. like that. But he gets a little water visitor. Yeah. Little Nyad, I believe. And, and she's just like, you must go to Santa Monica. Don't trust the gifts. Oh, what gifts? Mm. What gifts? Who gave him gifts? No one talks straightforward. <laughs> Everything's a riddle. You got to figure it out yourself. Oh, sorry. He has a little puzzle. Good luck. <laughs> Bye. I can't help you. It's like no one is willing to just be straightforward. No, not at all. He gets out of the water. News reporters are reporting that it was Percy Jackson. That blah, blah, blah. So he's like becoming, he's not only terrorizing people on buses and destroyed his uh, stepfather's car and everything, but he is also just destroying monuments in America. So it's getting worse. Like yeah, his this ability- is like a federal offense. Exactly. The <laughs> FBI are coming. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Poor Percy. Good. Yeah. So now they have to be on the run, but also a little more sneakier on the run. Mm-hmm. You know, on to 15. Yeah. They can't go back on that train. That's no. for sure. So a God buys us cheeseburgers. Wow. A mystical call to camp reveals trouble is brewing. 
a leather-laden god gives the gang a side quest that leads them into a web of despair. Wow. Ooh, so good. I like that one. Oh my god. I love that. So we find out that they, so they can't use like technology or cell phones or anything because like it'd be easy for monsters to track them, I'm assuming. Monsters own AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon. They're all implanted in all of those networks and they could just triangulate the signal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they have to communicate via Iris Messenger or IM. IMs. Which I love that this was what in the early 2000s. Yeah. So it's very much on brand. But I wonder if actually there's something later that I'm like, is he going, is something going to be changed to now times to make it more relevant? Because I am like, who's going to nowadays are like, what? Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I guess the equivalent of that would be like DM me, direct message me. Demeter message. But then it's not rainbows. Yeah. So they have to use rainbows with water or rainbows in general to communicate with people. So they get to a car wash, they do the sprayer, and he calls Camp Half-Blood. And who picks up? Of all. Of all people. Luke. That Luke. 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 This isn't Lorelai Gilmore's Luke, okay? No. He had his issues, but not like Luke. No, he just wanted to own a diner and fall in love. (laughs) (laughs) So Luke tells Percy that because of, and I'm assuming that kids will just like, demigods will naturally kind of fall into like how their god parents are feeling. Like when battle lines start to be drawn, they too start to do it. So at Camp Half-Blood, there's a lot of fights breaking out. There's sides being formed because... Zeus is pissed off that his master bolt is taken and a lot of the gods are just like conniving, being against each other, and it's translating into Camp Half-Blood. Not good. Things aren't good at home. No, they're fighting. The kids are running amok. And I believe it's Aphrodite, Ares, and Apollo are backing Poseidon and Athena is backing Zeus. So we have Annabeth's mother on Zeus's side and we have Percy... On the other side. Very awkward for our two of our protagonists here. Mm-hmm. Luke does say something where he accuses Hades of stealing the Master Bolt and guessing that Hades, this and this is a new magical item that's introduced, that he used his Helm of Darkness, which turns him into complete darkness. Invisible, almost. Just like Annabeth's cap, but I'm sure it's like at a higher level of invisibility. Like, nobody could see him. That comes into play later. Yes. I also think that Luke does, well, he does a lot of seed planting of trying to, I don't know, steer Percy in some wrong directions here. And he even talks about the past. Again, at this point, we don't really know what happened with Annabeth and Luke and Grover, but he starts to plant these seeds in Percy's head. And he and he says something like, and tell Grover it'll be better this time. Nobody will get turned into a pine tree if he just, you know, and then it goes out. But it almost feels like he's telling Percy things, very personal, traumatic things that he shouldn't be telling him. No. And I think the way it's written, I think it's safe to say that there's something more to Luke than Luke is letting on. Like he's putting on a facade almost. And it is very heavy handed in the book. Like there's more and more like we just got a spirit saying, don't trust the gifts. Luke gave them a bunch of gifts when he left, when they left. I'm not saying that he's the only person that gives them gifts, but It's seeming very much like the way it's written just for the age group. It's like Luke is doing these things like he keeps popping up. He's almost too helpful. Right. Exactly. And 
this next God that shows up, it seems like there's a lot of people using Percy as a pawn. And Ares shows up when they're at a diner. Can I read his description? I please do because it's terrifying. It's leather biker daddy. Don't know, but it's scary <laughs> daddy. It's not good daddy. Says the guy on the bike would have made pro wrestlers run for mama. He was dressed. That's verbatim. He was dressed in a red muscle shirt and black jeans and a black leather duster Ooh. with a hunting knife strapped to his thigh. He wore red wraparound shades and he had the cruelest, most brutal face I'd ever seen. Handsome, I guess, but wicked, with an oily black crew cut and cheeks that were scarred from many, many fights. Wow. But, okay, but you missed the best part. Tell me. And it says that his motorcycle looked like it was wrapped in leather, but looked like Caucasian skin. Leatherface. What? <laughs> Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> So Ring a bell? Disturbing. He also has fire for eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Your eyes are like pools of fire. <laughs> oh my God. He's just he's so angry, <laughs> full of rage. So after this um, asshole of a waitress doesn't want to give these obvious children, starving children, food, Aries comes in, pays her the food, everything. But it seems like when he walks in a room, especially with mortals, he can kind of command the room mm. and they show him respect in a way. That I don't know if he's like necessarily fully controlling them or if it's just like his presence that does that. He he has an effect. It it reminds me of Blue Diamond from Steven Universe, where mm. when she's around, you start crying. Right. And you don't know why. And he also has this effect where he walks into a room and you bow to him, but you also can feel anger and resentment and right. bitterness. Like he just emotes these things into the atmosphere and you can't help but feel them. Right. It, it is a really cool detail. And I like that type of um, descriptions that he puts for him. And of course, it's like, I I like that some of the stuff in this series is like, oh, that's a cool, unique way to like describe a god or something. And it's like, of course, Ares is going to have like human skin on his <laughs> Oh, yeah. So he essentially goes to the kids and he gives them food and he's like, look, I need you to go and get my shield back. You do that, then I'll like help you or whatever. And of course, Percy's like, no, I don't want. And because of that effect that Ares is having, Percy is becoming more like persnickety. I was trying to think of a P word. You but did it. It's his rage is bubbling a little bit, but they end up doing it because it's like, one, they're gods. Two, they can help because he has no money. What is he supposed to do? Um, so he tells him, you have to go to the water park and get my shield, which sounds easy. But it's not. But he says that it, he was with his girlfriend on a date. We do find out that that girlfriend is Aphrodite, none other than the goddess of love. Um, if you know that she's married to Hephaestus. <laughs> that causes a problem. That causes a problem. But I did like the detail of them. It's in the conversation as they're going there and talking about it that um, Hephaestus was thrown out of Mount Olympus, but he was still married to Aphrodite. But she still goes around his back, which obviously, like, I mean, I, I do think it's funny that Percy is like, did you like, wait, I thought you were married. It's like, do you see how many kids are yeah. at Half-Blood? I know. It's really funny. It's like, it's like they can cheat with mortals, but if they cheat with each other, that's a no-no. Exactly. You don't. How dare. You don't. What is it? You don't. Um, Mingle? Crap where you eat. Oh, or whatever. shit where you eat. Shit where you yeah. eat. Yeah. 
<laughs> you don't you don't poop where you die. Yeah. <laughs> so I really liked this sequence and I was really upset. And I think this is another reason why I did not like the first movie is because they cut this out. Mm. They cut mm. this whole thing out. Hephaestus, Ares, all that was not in this in the movie. And I'm so happy that we're finally going to get it because we've seen a still of Annabeth and Percy in the tunnel of love. Well, we really, I mean, that's the beauty of a series, right? Is that it gives us the time to experience all these things and mm-hmm. let all the source material breathe. So we get to hit these beats because, you know, what is it? Like eight episodes. Oh, yeah. You know, so we really do kind of get to see these fun things. And this scene was really fun. You know, it, 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 I like seeing the three of them working together. Mm-hmm. You know, in these past couple of scenes, it feels like, um, Annabeth and Grover being like, no, you dummy, you're doing this wrong. This is what's happening. Whereas since Percy's in the action with Annabeth and Grover is like flying above them, they get to work as a trio and solve right. this problem. I love right before they get into the boat that like they know it's the tunnel of love. So it's that very like adolescent trope of like they go to the tunnel of love and fall in love. And like Grover is the red bearing. I, I like that Percy is like making him feel better for not realizing that the smell of monsters was actually real at the arch. And he's like, you're the red bearing. You need to be up there. Like you got this. And he's like, Annabeth, you want to go down there with me? And she's like in there. Okay. For smooching. <laughs> yeah. For <laughs> smooching. <laughs> but when they get there, not only is the shield there, but Aphrodite's scarf is there. And Annabeth takes it away from Percy real quick. And he's like, you don't, you can't have any of that love magic. Which it will come into play later. And I love that Annabeth had the wherewithal to be like, nope. I love seeing (laughs) how powerful these talisman are. And it is kind of funny seeing Percy being the one that doesn't have all this knowledge. And Grover and Annabeth having to teach him being like, no, 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 no. Constantly. Yeah. Don't go there. Don't do this. They're basically watching a demigod baby. Right. And uh, we find out that one of Annabeth's weaknesses is spiders. Yes. Because her mother... Athena and all of her children are cursed to always have any spider within with around them always come to them. Yes. There's the myth of Arachne yeah. uh, that plays into this. And, you know, Athena and Arachne had a bout together. Uh, and so Arachne was kind of, it was a spider woman. Um, I read a uh, young adult novel this year called spin. That was a retelling of Ooh. that myth. That was really good. And it paints Athena as the worst as the gods kind of were a lot of the time. So highly recommend it. It was very good. I think it depends on what like myth you're reading and that's how bad they are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, this one is great. And I love them. Like if you read Circe by Madeline Miller, it's like it's, she's the protagonist and everything, but it's like, she's not great the whole way. No. <laughs> the whole time. So this is fun. This is why retellings of myths or like finding which stories you like is good because you could hate that God, but another story you could love them. Um, but either way, all the children of Athena don't like spiders. So Annabeth is pretty much like useless in this situation. They trip a wire. There's a, pretty much like a spider web being built and there's cameras on them. The whole thing is being live streamed because it's told to them live streamed to Mount Olympus. It's a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> Cause this is a fest is trying to embarrass his wife and Aries catching him in the act again, um, with a golden net. Um, so Percy uses his water powers. They get out of it. They got the shield. They go back. Yeah. That brings us to chapter 16. Called We Take a Zebra to Vegas. The last chapter. Yes. A free ride to Cali turns into a rescue mission. Percy, Annabeth, and Grover find out that what happens in Vegas really does stay 
in Vegas. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> so they <laughs> they go to Aries and they're like, we got your shield. So he gives them fresh clothes, $20. And some drachma. $20. That's it. That's all you need. They almost died. Yeah. They were almost embarrassed on live Olympian TV. They kind of were. <laughs> Luckily, they got out of it. Yeah. Uh, and he also gives them uh, double stuff Oreos. And also a blue backpack. That's right. It's but very important. The double stuff Oreos stuck out to me because <laughs> I would have loved that. So there's this um, argument between uh, Percy and Ares. And Percy is, you know, he's at his all time, like not wanting to deal with this guy. He's like, you knew this was a trap. And you sent me there to do it. And Ares could have done it. He just didn't want to get embarrassed. And so that's why he made Percy do it. Right. And so he pretty much tells him the information that he wanted. He's like, your mom's not dead. Which is like, yeah, okay. I think we even knew that as readers, like up to this point. It's like, thanks, Ares. But I do think the interesting thing is that he says she's being kept. Right. Right. Mm. More. You have to have hostages. Ay, 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 not my mother. Yeah. So they find out that their transport is one of the worst transports. Ever, and it's called Kindness International Humane Zoo Transport. Warning: Live wild animals. And in here, when they go into this freight or carrier or transportation thing, they see these um, not really humanely taken care of animals. There's an albino lion, a zebra, and some antelope, and mm-hmm. their food is. All mixed up. Yes. It's like, why would the turnips go to the lion? Like, yeah. And the zebra has, I think, gum in its mane and the antelope has a balloon tied to its antler. This is over the hill. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's not a good scene. It's definitely a trigger warning. (laughs) Well, and of course, also Grover is pissed off about that because he can talk to animals. And we also find out that Percy can talk to horses and a zebra is close enough to a horse. (laughs) Checks out in my book. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I I think this situation is interesting for them to be put in. Um because it's like it's showing that like again, Grover is put with this thing that's happening because nobody's been able to find Pan. Mm. And so like this is driving his quest a little more, but it also affects Grover a little more than it affects Annabeth and Percy because it's he's connected to them. Yeah. Um in this transportation thing right away yeah um from hell on the way to wherever they're going we get more information about is it it's a dream right or is it well they they're having a conversation and we finally get the missing pieces of the puzzle about talia and the pine tree and it's that annabeth and luke are the ones that made it to camp safely when she got turned into the pine tree right so Grover wasn't able because Grover was supposed to help Talia. Right. And then Luke and Annabeth showed up with them. They got in safely, but Talia was the one that really protected him. So that's technically why he failed. Right. Because he didn't succeed. But then he does have a dream. Right. And it, it's written, I looked over at the desk, uh, the next desk and saw a girl sitting there also wearing a straight jacket. She was my age with unruly black punk style hair, dark eyeliner around her stormy green eyes and freckles across her nose. Somehow I knew who she was. She was. Talia, daughter of Zeus. I mean, hell yeah. Yeah. So Talia, if she's showing up in his dream, and it's also said, I believe Grover, was it Grover that said it or Luke? Somebody had told them that Talia and 
Percy are the most powerful ones to come to camp or to be in existence for a while. I mean, she's a daughter of Zeus. He's a son of Poseidon. We saw how empty their cabins are. So for them to have kids, they are like the most powerful out of all of them. The chosen one. Quotes. <laughs> I put that in quotes for people that <laughs> can't see what I'm doing. Um, so that's an interesting part of the puzzle, right? It's So Annabeth has some guilt there with Talia and Grover has so much guilt because the thing he was supposed to safely transport her there. He couldn't do that. Mm. But luckily Luke and Annabeth got there, you know, but that's also why Annabeth and Luke have that connection as well. Right. Because they both came there at the same time. They were on that journey together. Exactly. Yep. We also get another thing here where Percy sort of in his dream crosses over into, I don't know, being. We don't know who it is. Right. I think. I remember who it is. I'm not going to say, um, but this God, mm-hmm. which we can tell is talking to somebody. Right. And there's this whole conversation of like, you know, they're talking, they're being sneaky, whatever. And the God notices that Percy is there. So it's not like Percy is having just dreams. He's actually transporting himself yeah. to those situations. And that God was able to notice it, mm-hmm. which is terrifying because Percy didn't know he was doing it. He thought they were dreams. (laughs) Yeah. So someone named the crooked one is there and he, he has his mom. Yep. But it is interesting that Percy has this power to be in another place while he's sleeping. He's a high level demigod. Apparently so. Yeah. So they end up letting, of course, all these animals go. Mm -hmm. They switched the foods back prior to that. So they got to have a good meal, Um, but they stopped in Vegas. Loss, yes, of all places. Oh my God, Katy Perry. They were so close. (laughs) They stopped in Vegas. Sin City, baby. Mm -hmm. And they end up at the Lotus Casino Mm -hmm. or Arcade, whatever you want to call it. I do think it's really interesting that like, I didn't get the sense. I mean, I think there might have been a line or so. So when they go into this casino, it like has everything a kid could want it has all this food it has all these games everything that you can want and i couldn't remember in the book and i i guess i missed it of it actually being a casino i know they say casino in the name yeah but like in the movie they hammed up like it was just a casino it was like sexy it was dancing it was all this stuff but in the book it's very much like arcade games and any oh, video yeah. game annabeth is basically playing the sims yeah <laughs> She's, she's she playing is. Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yes. <laughs> SimCity. SimCity. Yeah. yeah. She's just building buildings. Yeah. <laughs> she loves being an architect so much. Yeah. It's called the Lotus Hotel and Casino, but I almost think it it becomes whatever will tempt you the most to stay there. Mm-hmm. So maybe if an adult went in there, it would be slot machines and blackjack. Well, they did say the room was on the 4,000th floor. So plenty of room. That's or, a lot. Yeah. Plenty That's of floors. Of yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, like, what is, isn't it like uh, Mount Olympus is on the 600th floor of the Empire State Building? So this is more. Yeah. <laughs> or is it? I feel like they're lying. They could be lying. They just make it sound fancy. So yeah. Feel fancy. <laughs> so essentially what this place is, if you ever really read the Odyssey, there's a part of it, the Lotus Eaters. And essentially what that does is it makes you forget all concept of time and everything. And you just like chill and you're okay with everything and you die. Um, so that's, what's happening here in this casino is that there's stuff being pumped into the vents, which we can assume is like some type of Lotus gas Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, and they're there and they're like, we'll just have fun. It'll be fine. They only had seven days. Mama, they're on a time frame. They had a week. Okay. I love 
that Percy figured it out by somebody groovy, man. saying groovy. And he so, said, I'm wearing bell bottoms, man. But so this is what brings me to like, it's going to be 2023 when this comes out as a show. What are they going to say for Percy to know that it was so like, what did we say in the 90s? <laughs> What did I say in the 90s? Like, I feel like they would say like, like tubular. In the 90s? I don't know. I was five. Okay, so let's say this is in the future. (laughs) And it's like, what would they say that we say? Like, are they going to dab? And they're going to be like, this is. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, um, he'll be like, (laughs) TTYL. This is lit. (laughs) This is lit. Such a biter, man. Yeah. This is dope. Dope. That, I think I nailed it. There you it's go. Dope. Yeah. yeah. This is flipping dope. But I love that he puts it together because he's like, wait, wait a second. What year is it? From the 70s. And then he finds out that all these people have been there. They never left. And they don't age. So they just kind of are there forever. They're just stuck forever. Yeah. So when Percy finally gets his companions to wake up and get out of it, they only have one day. One day. Five days they were in there five days let you know what at first i will say that i did i was like i was like annabeth five days of sim city but then i thought about myself in quarantine and how i played animal crossing oh my god i'm like looking for turnips i'm flying to islands i'm trying to get the highest amount of bells when a new patch or expansion comes out for world of warcraft i am in this office yeah forever i don't see you at during the week, I don't see you at night. And on the weekends, I don't see you at all. No. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm like, let's get dinner. We got to record this podcast and then I'm going to go exactly, play. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he's playing and editing at the same time. Very but special. So, so I get it. Um, but I like this. I like this twist. Of course, they had to do it, right? It's like he had to speed it up and set because a week to get there is not that long. So he had too to leisurely. He had to raise the stakes and they only have a day. But there is something peculiarly peculiar. Um, when they went up to the room and changed and everything, Percy specifically threw out the backpack that Aries gave him. Cause he's like, when we leave, I'll just get another one, which I don't know why you wouldn't just like take the one you have, but whatever. When he gets out of the hotel, he has it, he has it on him and he's like, I'm pretty sure. So it's like you lost five days, but somehow the backpack is still with you. It's Dora the Explorer. Don't trust the gifts that you are given. So now he has gifts from Luke. He has gifts from Chiron. He has gifts from Aries. This kid is getting so many messages. He's getting messages from rainbows. He's getting messages from water nymphs. He's getting messages from voices in his sleep. He doesn't know what to do anymore. No. Like what? He is the worst one. Yeah. The Oracle. There you go. (laughs) Mummy lady. So next week is our last read through. For this book, we're going to finish it. And then we have um, some very exciting things with uh, Percy Jackson. There's been some developments. Um, there's been some cool things that happen. So keep a look, look out for those. <laughs> I'm winking <laughs> very heavily. Um, very exciting stuff. So we are going to finish the book. And then shortly after that, the show premieres. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to dig into the show. I'm really enjoying rereading this and I kind of can't wait to do the little, this is what happened in the book and this is what happened in the show and this is how they changed and this is how they modernized it. Uh, and I also think that there's just, 
you know, the, I guess, how old was I? Probably like 18 when I first read these books. There's the 18-year-old inside of me that's just like really excited for a true adaptation of this book. Ugh, very excited. Um, what we'll do next time before we start the episode, we're going to take the quiz to find out what cabin we're in. And you guys do it too. So take the quiz. It's on BuzzFeed. It's like the first one that you search when you do it. Um, and let us know what you get. Yeah, I want to know. Let us know. Would, and then you'll know. Would any of us be bunking together? <gasps> Fun. I don't, I wonder who I'm going to get. I'm probably going to get somebody I don't want. <laughs> and I hope, that's I, truly I, hope I get me. someone fancy. <laughs> I want to be Aphrodite. Oh, well. Pretty? Yeah. <laughs> you are. You're pretty. <laughs> Am I pretty? All right. So lovable? we have tons of questions with Percy Jackson. How is it going to end? Who has the master bolt? Who's pulling on the strings? Which and, gifts can we trust? Yeah. We have a lot. The conclusion next week. I hope those of you that are reading along, I did get a message that somebody um, was reading the book, a book before, and they wanted to like finish that book before they started this. And today they started reading Percy Jackson so they can catch up uh-huh. on the episodes. Um, so that makes me very happy. Me too. And I know that like down below in Spotify, we asked questions. And on the first episode, I was like, when did you first read Percy Jackson? And um, I believe her name was Sarah. She put last week because of the podcast. So it's like, that just makes us happy. You know, just sharing this type of stuff, especially with people who have never read it before. So hope you guys are having fun. I'm it's a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. All right. Next week. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye.